Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. What up, what up, what up, though? Ball Hawk Show. What up, what up, what up, though? Ball Hawk Show. If you know, you know. If you know, you know. Bricklayers and ball shorts, coaching from the side of the ball court. If you know, you know. One stop like a Walmart. We got the tennis balls for the wrong sport. If you know, you know. If you know about the carport, the trap door is supposed to be awkward. If you know, you know. That's the reason we ball for. Circle round twice for the encore. If you know, you know. What up, 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 do? Welcome to the Ball Hawk Show podcast. I'm your host, Amal Hawkins. Appreciate you taking time out today to listen to the latest episode presented right here on Believe Network. And once you check it out on Believe Network, that's B L E A V, just know that it's shared with other podcast platforms as well. Because I know a lot of folks say, hey, man, it's on Apple Podcasts and on Spotify. Yeah, it'll go there after the fact. After to go home first to believe and then it's shared. But I definitely appreciate y'all for returning. This podcast will be previewing University of Virginia versus Maryland, a rivalry that I was a part of when I played from UVA from 97 to 2000. Now that um, Maryland is not in the ACC anymore, um, they're um, – God, dog, I'm losing my train of thought. What is the Big Ten, Big Twelve? What? What? I mean, everybody they going they gonna name is changing. Let me make sure. I want to say it's ten, right? Yeah, the Big Ten. There you go. You know, as a Pac Ten, Pac Twelve, Big Eleven, Big Six, Super Six, Super. You know, all these conferences and stuff. Like, welcome Stanford and uh, Cal to the ACC. It's, the, it's Stanford and Cal, right? Man, don't get me lying about that. That's how you know I'm locked in on just this film work. Watched a lot of film on Maryland, man. I'm definitely impressed with what they show offensively and defensively. Before we get this podcast episode started, this episode is sponsored by Aber Insurance. Go to Aber Insurance for all your insurance needs. That's home, business, auto, life insurance. The great people at Able. All right, so we go, we jumping right into football talk. I know I usually start off with like music and things like that, but we're going to get to the nitty gritty. You might still hear some music during the podcast because y'all know how music inspires me to get another idea, but we're getting right into it. So uh, Maryland is 2-0. Um, they have wins over Townsend and Charlotte. In both of those games, Maryland scored 38 points. They beat Townsend 38-6, to and then they actually came back versus Charlotte. I believe they were down at halftime, and they defeated them by a score of 38-20. to Um what should I start with? Should I start with their defense? I think everybody wants to discuss their offense. Hold on, let me get my notes up. My notes dropped. Hold up. All right. So, offensively, Tonga Valoa, the younger brother. If you know Tua Tonga Valoa, he got um, his brother Talia Tonga Valoa. I think I'm saying his name right. Yeah. Talia Tonga Valoa. Who is number three? 
Um, he is Maryland's program leader in career, career passing yards, TDs, 300-yard gains, completion percentage, and total offense. He's a 2023 preseason Big Ten um, quarterback, like first-team quarterback. Last year he was second-team All-Big Ten. I feel like he is the best quarterback in the Big Ten. Yeah, he's the best quarterback in the Big Ten. Like, I think Maryland's better because I was looking at, like, Big Ten ranking, like, what they got them ranked. You know, they got the Big Three. You got, uh, you know, Penn State, Ohio State. And who's the other one? Penn State, Ohio State. Penn State, Ohio State. What's the What's the third one? Come on, man. Somebody help me out. Say it. Say it at home. I can, I can hear you. Michigan. There you go. Michigan. Michigan. That's my wife's actually. I mean, you know, she loved UVA, but Fab Five, she was a Michigan fan. But I feel like they don't get a lot of credit for their two victories this year. But when you look at them on tape, they're fast, like very fast, especially offensively. And I think it actually starts with their coaching staff. Like the coaching staff they have, man, is an impressive coaching staff. Like their head coach, when he got the job, um, he actually was coaching the running backs when I was at UVA. Um, he, I remember, he, you know, coach like the likes of Lamont Jordan. But when I read to you, Coach Loxley, Michael Loxley's um, coaching staff, you gonna see why this program is where it's at as far as elevating. They got Josh Gaddis, who recently won the Assistant Coach of the Year award a couple of years ago when he was at Michigan. Then he went to Miami. Now he's at at Maryland. So the thing is, when Loxley was with Alabama, he won the 2018 Broyles Award, which is given to the nation's top assistant coach. And then Josh Gaddis is a Broyles Award winner as well as the nation's top assistant coach. Um, defense coordinator is Brian Williams. Then he got Kevin Sumlin as assistant head coach, associate head coach, co-officer coordinator and tight end coach. Kevin Sumlin, Texas a and I know you remember that guy. Uh, Gunter Brewer is their passing game coordinator. This is his second year at Maryland. Um, Henry Baker is their corners coach, just to name a few. And then Latrell Scott. Everybody know that name here, UVA. You know who Latrell Scott is. He's their running backs coach. Like, this coaching staff is very good. And and then I'm previewing their offense mainly because the offensive minds that they have on the staff – and I just named Josh Gaddis, Kevin Sumlin, Gunter Brewer, and then the head coach, Michael Loxley himself. Like, can you imagine that meeting room when they game plan or or in the locker room at halftime coming up with adjustments? Like, those offensive minds coming together. Like, that's, that's four-on-one. Depending on, you know, who your defensive coordinator is and how you operate. So, you can say four-on-two, four, but but – to have those four gentlemen, Gaddis, Sumlin, Brewer, and Loxley, even though he's the head coach, you know he got input, and his offense has been good. You see what we're doing with Tonga Valoa right now. And the last time he was here at Maryland, the quarterback he coached was the then like record-setting quarterback here at Maryland. What was his name? Uh... What was the, the previous? I just read it. C.J. Brown. 
when he was coaching C.J. Brown, he became Maryland's all-time lead in touchdowns responsible after totaling 13 pass touchdowns. And then he coached Stephon Diggs, too. And we know Stephon Diggs firsthand because when he came here, he ran a kickoff back and was jogging. Very good recruiter in his own right. When you look at like a lot of their top players, they're from Maryland, so they keep guys in state. So what I'm saying to you Wahoo fans and any Maryland fan that's uh, listening right now, I appreciate you for tapping into the Ball Hawk Show. Make sure you check back periodically if I'm not talking about Maryland just to hear some good football analysis because I try to be definitely fair. But Loxie's a very good recruiter. Was listed as a top 25 recruiter in the nation three different times. In 2003, 2005, 2006 was the finalist 2007 for Recruiter Year by Rivals.com. So he could get players. And when you look at Maryland, they got players. And we're going to start with the offense. I talked about Tongue of Aloha. They got Roman Hemby. This running back, this young, look, this, this young running back is something else, bro. He jumped out on tape to me, like for me. He jumps out there. Hemby is nice. He was a freshman All-American last year. Um, just last game, he had over 160 yards rushing. Fast, strong, can be elusive, but he just runs through arm tight. He runs violent. He's a big-time back. Big-time back. So, you know, we definitely got to understand our gap responsibilities. Make sure we're coming forward, not waiting. Because if he gets a crease, mama mia. I hope you got. I hope Demique Starling can play some defense too, because he he breaking the open field. I don't know if we can catch him, Coach. Hey, Coach, I don't know if you could catch Roman Hemby, man. And he from Maryland. He leads the Big Ten and ranks 11th in the country with 289 all-purpose yards, staying second in the Big Ten in rushing with 220, and he averages seven yards per carry. He can go. And then they have another back, um, Antoine Littleton II, that's also good in his own rights. He's 6'1", 232. He's a big body bends, just a bruiser. So linebackers definitely have to be sound. Attack the gaps, not be indecisive, because once they get their shoulder square and they go downhill, they run violent. They, they They like battering rams, both of them. You know, Hemley is more of a more of a home run for what I've seen watching the games this year. Not saying that Littleton doesn't have speed in his own right. So I want to be respectful of that young man and his and his talent as well. So I want him saying, man, who is this ball hog dude thinking? I can't run either. I can run too. I ain't saying that young man. I'm just saying when I seen two four out there, every time I seen two four, whether it was like a little swing pass or or off tackle with with the center and the and the guard pulling. That joker could go. He get just he just get tripped up. Just get tripped up. So uh Tongue of Aloha is also mobile. He can run as well. Um he threw a, he he threw some iffy picks this year. I saw him get picked off throwing a hammer out. And then versus cover two, I guess he thought he could fit it in the dead zone. He threw a go route in the red zone that got picked off with ease. I think both of those picks were last game. Um, so that's just 
the quarterback and the two backs. When we look at the receivers, they have a very good receiving core, probably one of the better receiving cores we'll see. Y'all. It might be the best receiving core. I mean, Tennessee receiving core was good. This might be the best because of their tight end who's built like a receiver. Corey Deitch is it is Deitches, I think. D Y C H E S. He's 6'2, 215, man, and he he's a matchup nightmare. Cause they actually put him in the backfield. They use a power eye set. Well, not like not oh just an offset eye out of the pistol and use him as a lead blocker. So he plays bigger than 215. So he's a slash. Um, it'd be interesting to see. When he goes to the NFL, um, if he is still, I mean, most of the time NFL guys are like split flex wide, like flex out. So, uh, but he's going to be like, that's the guy I'm looking at because now they got guys on the outside. They got Caden Prather, um, who has a touchdown in the first two games. He was from, he played in West Virginia the past two seasons, six four two twelve. 212. Um, they got, Jason Jones, 6'1", 188, 10th all-time in Maryland history and receiving touchdowns. Uh, they got Ty Felton. He doesn't have a lot of catches, but you see he has sudden quickness. Tyrese Chambers <coughs> um, came from FIU this year. He only has two catches. So you can't get caught up in their stats and just say, all we got to do is watch this guy, that guy. Because just watching their film and watching how they run routes, they're very sudden. They can take the top off the defense. Safety's got to be respectful. Again, you got to be sound in coverage this week. I felt like versus JMU, we weren't we weren't sound. We we're blowing coverages. We we're kind of lazy with our eyes. Um, when I say read your keys, understanding down the distance, understanding formation that's on your side, understand, um, understanding the splits, process of elimination, as far as what coverage you're playing, what leverage that you have. If I'm outside leverage and they got a tight trips, the diamond trips, okay, what's usually going to disperse? It's going to be sale concepts. Somebody's going deep and out, or you might have a dagger where it's two ends. So it's one of the things where you got to understand the point and what that guy's running and what can combo off of that. So if you have checks, don't be afraid to make checks to where you box those guys in and allow them to disperse and dictate who who you check versus still stand man. Now you're crossing each other, crossing each other paths, natural pick. You're allowing them to get the upper hand. So one thing I say about Maryland, they utilize pre-snap, the motions, orbit motions. They're trying to see <clears throat> if you're going to bump responsibility. They're, going, they're trying to see if you're going to travel with them. They're trying to see if you have a safety down, where they uh, react and flip the flip who's down. So if you have, say, the right safety's down and then you motion on that side of the right safety that's down and you go across the formation, will that right safety now back out and come come to the high safety and now will that high safety go back down to that left alley? Because if you don't, now they understand, all right, either he's triggering or they're man high and he just bumped it because we still have another receiving threat that he has to respect or he may have the back. So that's letting me know the guy that's coming in orbit. Let me identify who may be checking him. If I see that it's a backer running out, now let me check where the backer's vacating because I may put the ball into the belly of the running back. Now this other backer has to respect that. 
because it's man. So if it's man <clears throat> and I have a run pass option, you come up on the inside zone because you're the opposite linebacker that's responsible or it might be the safety. But even as the safety, the linebacker still taught come up field to that. that might, this might be old school, but I think they still do it. Usually when a linebacker is, you, you know, using their read steps, it's two steps forward. They usually come up two steps, two little shuffle steps, get the read, and then they decide if it's running past. Maybe that may be still too old school, but it's like a corner. We're going to take, we're going to read three step. So it's going to be a nice little check shuffle or some type of slow play. They call it slow playing. So you slow pedal because you're already seven, eight yards off. There's no need to get out of there as fast as you can, but you slow pedal out to read. Three-step. Now, three-step is different when a shotgun. So, slow play is you expect, you're respecting the quick game. You're seeing right now that show the points to somebody you're checking. If they start to drop or they don't take, you know, the little inside zone fake, now you get your eyes on the guy you're responsible for if you're playing man. Um, and a lot of times you read the tackle through the quarterback. Because now in these offenses, <clears throat> when I played, it was high pads low pads low pads that means they're driving out and even if it was play action it would be low but it still come back because you couldn't really go down the field now with today today's rules i think you get like two you could go two yards up the field and then stop so that's why a lot of times these play fakes be very difficult for defenders it's like oh man how you not read pass and if i'm not mistaken i could be wrong but i think it's like up to two yards you could go up the field and you got to kind of stop so you could drive and hit, uh, and, and and I think majority of the time that's for guards versus tackles. I think a tackle still do high pass, but that's their offensive weapons. Um, they do have some good linemen. Delmar uh, Glaze, one of their offensive linemen, six five, three twenty eight, and I think he played. I think that's that the. So here's the thing about the Big Ten. They don't they don't give you a a depth chart. So I had to go and go through their game notes and then go to their roster and highlight guys who I saw on tape starting. But with linemen, I just look right at the sheet. So I, I ain't gonna lie to you. It wasn't like I was drawing what number the lineman was. I'm a like I'm an old receiver and defensive back. So you got me. You got me. I pay more attention to the guys on the outside. But I will say this. Tongue of our Lord does have nice pockets. His offensive line does a good job of keeping him clean. They really do. They keep him clean. Um, schematically, the coaches do a good job <clears throat> with their run pass. Um, they have over, I want to say, over 500 yards of total offense. They, they're averaging close to that. And Here's the one big thing, one big kicker, because this is something that we ain't, we, 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 we haven't stopped yet, which is the run. One thing they do really well is run the football. They run it well. Versus Townsend, they had 166 yards rushing. Versus Charlotte, they had 243 yards rushing. And they still had 283 passing and 287 passing. So it wasn't like, so if you break down, if you split up what they want to do, 
versus Townsend, they threw the ball 43 times, ran the ball 36 times. Last game versus Charlotte, they was as balanced as you could get. 36 pass attempts, 34 rushing attempts. You got 287 passing, 243 rushing. Yeah. Tongue Valor had uh, one touchdown, two interceptions versus Charlotte. Yeah, that was a game where I saw the two interceptions. The first game, he had three touchdowns. Um, but they're a good ball club, man. They're really good. They're really good. Really good team. And I was, like, highly impressed. Like, ooh, they jump out. Fast. Explosive. Well-coached, too. Well-coached football team. I give them that. And this is an old-school rivalry. And a lot of these young men that's playing now don't, you know, as far, at least on outside, don't understand how much that rivalry used to mean to us because Maryland will come down here and recruit top guys from Virginia, and we'll try to go up and get guys from Maryland. Like when I was here, like Tavon Mason was from the Maryland area. You remember, um, I think Darius Jennings from, no, yeah. And then Darius Jennings, when he was here, he's from Maryland. You know those guys from the Baltimore. Oh, Tyree Foreman. That played with me here. It's from Maryland. Um, so, you know, it's it's a recruiting recruiting tool. That's why you want to win this game because they got a lot of talent in Maryland, just like we got a lot of talent in Virginia. And just looking at their roster, a lot of their guys are from Maryland. So you got Hemby's from Maryland, Littleton's from Maryland, Chambers from Maryland, Felton from Maryland. Caden Prather's from Maryland, even though he went to West Virginia. He's back. Octavian Smith is from Maryland. Corey Deitches is from Maryland. Then let's go to the defensive side of the ball. The guy that jumped out to me the most was number one, Jayshon Barham. That joker flies around. 6'3", 230, was a freshman All-American last year, just like um, Hembley was. He's going to jump out with you. He legit. He legit. He see ball, hit ball, bite your face off. Athletic, fast, can can get to the quarterback. He already has two sacks this year. Um, he led the Big Ten last year, Big Ten freshman last year with 58 tackles. He's a special player. He's a special player. So he'll jump out at you. Um, they play a 3-3-5. I know you guys are familiar when Bronco Mendenhall and his staff before they left, um, they were running a 3-3-5. They utilized a 3-3-5. Um, so that's three down linemen, three linebackers, five five defensive backs. And they can shift around what they want to do. Just because they got three down linemen doesn't mean it's going to be three men on a line of scrimmage. They could bring up and have four. They could bring another backer, have five. It just depends on your formation. So if you see us go like we did second half versus JMU, we went 12 personnel, one back, two tight ends. Don't be surprised. They give you a four-man front. <clears throat> Or they actually give you a five-man front. Because they'll just say, all right, both of you backers go up there. You both got the tight end. Bump everybody in. And if you've been watching our film, anytime somebody's confronted our center, it's been a bad snap majority of the time. Now, I will say last game he got better after the first half, but once we came back from the delay, the snaps were inconsistent again. So if I'm Maryland, I'm making sure I have my nose guard, one of them, well, their nose guard, Jordan Phillips, is 6'3", 3'11". 
You know, Ty ain't 300 pounds. He's less than 300. So this is another bigger size nose. He's 311. Um, Tommy Akeem Bisote. He's a tackle. So so this is showing me, so how, how to utilize that. You got a nose, you got a tackle, meaning he could be a one or he could be right over the ball. Then the tackle could be a three or five, meaning he could be inside shoulder to guard, outside shoulder to guard, or he could be head up. Then you got the end, Quayshawn Fuller, 6'3", 266. And then that Jack Backer, 6'3", 262. So he's basically like an end, and that's Wyatt. And then both of the other backers, um, I talked about Barham, and then um, Hippolyte, he's 230. So they, they're the same. Um, he's six foot, though. Um, when you go to the back, the back end, they had two guys last year get drafted. So this is a group that they're looking at to see how they gel. Um, if I look at the opposing passing stats this year, they only gave up 128 to Townsend. They gave up 189 to Charlotte. And one of those touchdown passes was a blown coverage. It was like it was supposed to have been short zone or maybe the corner got confused with the safety. Um, their quarterback was efficient, 13 to 28 uh, for 189 and one touchdown. And on the season they have, hold on, that ain't their sacks. On the season, Maryland has five sacks. So they had two the first game, three the second game. And they're going to attack. They got a speed group as well, similar to what Tennessee had. So don't be surprised if you start seeing some speed. I wouldn't be surprised, man, if they just come out and try to punch us in the mouth and play man-to-man on the outside. Like, they're playing at home. Why not? Now, everybody – now, oh, and everybody wants to know who's starting that quarterback. Apparently, they've said that Tony Musk is going to start or they imply that he's going to start. They say if he's healthy, he's going to play. Uh, when I'm recording this right now, I think it was confirmation on one of these um, websites that said, you know, Tony is expected to start, but they're confident because Calandra is still right there on the sideline. Here's the thing. I shared this in a tweet that I felt like, and I said this in the podcast on the recap, that I don't have an issue. I mean, in a perfect world, I would want Calandria to start this game as well. Came out on five versus JMU, showed he could be serviceable, showed he could <clears throat> put points on the board. And if Tony is truly the starter and he won the competition in a legit fashion, I want to make sure he's fully healthy going into ACC play. This just reminds me of like, what was it, 20, 2021, when Brendan got hurt versus BYU, then we had to play Notre Dame, and then we had some ACC games slated that were very important to us. When we played Pitt, after the Notre Dame game, then at the pit, who did we play? Crap, I forgot. I know we played Virginia Tech last. Because we needed to be, shoot, we needed to win those games. But th- that's what I would rather have. Like, let, let Calandria play. I think he's more than capable enough to help us try to pull off the, offset, the upset if Tony's shoulder is still eh. Like, I wanted to be close to 100% we could get it so he could last through the season. Because you're going to get hit. You're a quarterback. You're going to take some, you're going to take some hits. You really are. So, 
in a perfect world, in a perfect world. And again, I'm not the coach. I have no issue with Tony Starks at all. Really like Tony as a starter. Love what he does with the football. Feel like he's accurate. He throws dots. He anticipates. Um, Processes information fast. Think he's mobile as well. Uh, people has, haven't witnessed him running, but he is more than capable to run. But he's going to try to keep his eyes upfield, and maybe that can make him that much slower to lead the pocket compared to a young quarterback that's like, I'm getting the hell out of Dodge. Because Calandra does have the it factor. Who am I fooling? I understand fans who want Calandra to start. Like, he box office. What he showed, that's box office. And again, they play two different teams. One play Tennessee, one play JMU. JMU legit. JMU was legit, but we, that Tennessee front was way better than JMU's. No disrespect to you, JMU, but Tennessee front was way better. And credit to our offensive line for improving, at least, because snaps was a whole lot better. You executed a whole lot better. You did. You you did. You get you got better versus JMU. Don't get me wrong. You got better. We just didn't finish, and you got to crawl before you walk. It's increments. We really struggled versus Tennessee. Then we did well for increments of the game versus JMU. Now you want to take that next step and see if you can versus another very big, fast, talented front with backers. Can you run the football? Because here's the thing, another thing, fans, talking to you, not being disrespectful, we having a discussion. Here it is. A lot of people don't understand why Coach Kitchens wants to continue to run the football. As much as we had big chunk plays on offense why, through, the, through the air, nothing was truly methodical. It wasn't like it was a, a bunch of pitch and catches. You had 20 completions for almost 400 yards. 20 completions for 377. One big completion was on a wheel route, well-designed play. Another big play was off the scene route to JR right before the half. Another big play was to Kobe Pace off the fake jet, and he did a great job of climbing the pocket to the right and throwing it back because there was no safety in the middle of the field. And then another one was improvisation on his behalf when he got some pressure he rolled to the right, then he saw P.J. too was there, and he dumped it to him, and P.J. cut across the field for like 60-some yards. <clears throat> so it was a lot of chunk plays. I do like some of the time and throws. He threw the the bend route to in the scene to Malik Washington. That was a dot. Then he, he really impressed me on the third and long to Malachi, where Malachi looked like he was about to stop short of the stick, and Calandria threw it so early that when Malachi turned around, he had to kind of drift back to catch the ball, meaning he had to continue to go up the field because it was to his inside shoulder. And when he caught it, it pushed him into the first um, down marker. And then, you know, Malachi being strong, utilized his strength. Um, and then it was a very good throw on Kalanji by, well, it wasn't a very good throw, but it was it was a very good catch by Malik Watson on the sail route when I discussed on the short sprint out in the fourth quarter. Uh, but with all that being said, we're going to demonstrate. <clears throat> I mean, you got to be balanced because when Coach talked about complimenting football, 
is all about helping the other side of the ball while also scoring points. And you got to try to find try to find a happy median because if the defense is on the field and somebody drives all the way down, whether it's a you know like a ten to fifteen play drive and results in three or seven. Then you get the ball as an offense and you score fast. And as a, as fans, we want points, period, right? So say you throw the ball and you score four or five plays. And then the opposing defense methodically moves the ball. Like, it's like being a boxer. I'd rather you knock me out with a flash knockout than beat me down 10 of the 12 rounds. Because that's going to be more discouraging. And I think... That's the approach that our offense, when they want to kind of discourage the defense by showing them they can methodically move the football. And even just say if we did that. So if we were able to throw the football, and this is what he may have to do, utilize short passing game. Overload the side where he go trips. Um, you motion the trips. You got tight twins on both sides to try to get a reaction to see if they bump people out. A lot of times you want to get the numbers count to your advantage. Um, and then if your if your offensive linemen aren't successful with man on man blocking or gap by gap blocking, meaning your four your five can't really defeat their four because that backer's shooting up, so you bring an H in. So when you bring an H in, that means another guy's going to remain in the box. Because a lot of times when you take one of the receiving threats away, and you include a tight H on one of the tackles. Either a backer's going to come up or a safety's going to drop down the box now because they're going to match that you took away a passing threat. Now, some people say it's predictable, right? Like, oh, that's a predictable running situation or running formation. You're probably right, but it's also dangerous because now they may trigger and sin. So here's the thing. And, you know, it's all all about who got the, the dry erase pin last. Like, if you ever had a dry erase board and somebody draws a formation and they draw a play, like, what defense would you run in this? Well, of course you could draw a defense up to what the play you already seen. Or if you draw a defense first, what, what offensive play would you run to defeat this coverage? You're going to draw a coverage to defeat it. And that's a lot of times, that's what they call armchair All-Americans or armchair quarterbacking or money quarterbacking. It's like, we get to see... <clears throat> what was ran first, and then we'll say, this is what you shoot or run. That's why a lot of times I like to just say, oh, okay, you probably could have ran this, but let me see what you did run, and then what they did, what they may have seen to set that up. Because a lot of times you got to think two and three plays ahead. So a lot of times we will see a fan say, why does coordinator do this when this was working? A lot of times you're thinking, I got to switch before they try to stop that. Like, I want to switch it up when I feel like they're going to switch it to try to stop what I was doing. I don't want to keep doing it. And then once they stop it, now I divert to something different because they're going to think, oh, we just stopped that. Let's revert to something different. Like, you want to be ahead. So that's why sometimes you can say offensive coordinator is so smart, they stupid. I'm saying the air quotations because – yeah, you want to keep it simple if you can. Like, if you can't stop me doing ISO, I'm gonna keep stop. I'm gonna keep doing this ISO until you stop me. But if you stop me, now you got to try to think. Hmm. Should I still do the ISO? 
just because I think he think I'm a play action now or should I do a play action? Cause he going to think I'm stubborn and keep doing the ISO. You know what I'm saying? If that makes sense to y'all. And, 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 and I'm saying that to say this, Maryland has a defense that could truly dictate what we do. They do. They could really come up and show five and say, you got to pass the ball. Your five ain't beating our five. If you got six, we're going to bring six. Your six ain't beating our six. Like your six blockers, not going to beat our six blockers. Matter of fact, we'll bring seven. Now we really going to be one. We daring you to throw, knowing that if it's a pass, we'll just still drop because we'll show. Like some defense are athletic enough to show you something to make you go check, check, check with me, check with me. You know, you say Omaha, Omaha, check in the front because they showing something and then boom, they back out. Or they give you something of another, you think you got them, and then right when you get in your cadence, they, they start to um, time up when the quarterback's head is going left to right, and then when that quarterback head centers, you'll see, that's when you see a shift. That's when you see a linebacker come down. That's when you see a safety come down because they figure once your head, your center, your center, like when I mean center is once the quarterback is really looking straight ahead, they know, all right, he about to call for the ball soon. Because most quarterbacks, they like blue 80, blue 80, check, 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 blue 80, Mike's this, Mike this, sad, Ringo, Ringo, blue 80. And I, while I'm talking to you right now, I'm looking side to side. I'm checking to see where the corner's at, what the slot, or what they doing. I'm, I just sent somebody in like a yo-yo motion, so a reactive motion. I'm, I'm A yo-yo motion is like a read. This is an indicator that's going to let me know, man is on. Safety coming down. Are they bumping? Are they Are they chasing? With this motion, will they flip the front? Well, with the one technique, is he to the boundary to the field? Was he to the field first and then he went to the boundary? Or was he in the boundary first and went? So all that window dressing is you're trying to see who's reactive. And by you being reactive, I could get an indicator. Ha, got him. At least I know this side. Man, they might be playing some type of combo. Look at the corner. He cocked. I could see his shoulder. I, I could see his number. That means he has to be in some type of short zone. Up, he squared up. Inside foot is up out there. He might be blitz technique because he's heavy inside leverage. That's showing me somebody's going to trigger from his side of the ball because he has to protect his inside. So let me let my corner know. Just give him a look. Hey, man, you got this inside route. You really got to dive him in. Get him to, to pedal to not give up the inside, and I can throw it to your backside shoulder, your outside shoulder. So if you're doing a slant, I'm going to throw it to that backside shoulder. So when you catch it, that's indicating to you he's coming downhill to your left shoulder. When you catch it, spin out. I'm taking you away from the fray. That's what you call throwing guys open. If anybody's ever heard an analyst say, oh, he just threw that receiver open, meaning I'm identifying the threat by where I put the ball and the receiver trusts that the quarterback is not setting them up. We've seen guys get alligator arms just because a lot of receivers like, why the hell did you throw the ball right? Like, what are you doing? But then a lot of times, if the DB is on your back and the quarterback throws it and leads you, he's not even seeing where the safety's at or the linebacker's at. A lot of times, they throw it on your chest. But if they lead you, it's like, okay, the defense won that rep because they didn't expect that help defender to be there to almost make you go night-night. So... Um, for the Wahoos to be successful, it starts up front, both sides of the ball. 
And what's really helped the defensive line is that our ability, can we be more aggressive in the secondary? Can we be more sound when we play man-to-man? If we play zone, they have an equalizer and they're tight end and Corey Deitches. Like, he's the X factor. He's the one guy that can really demolish us because he's going to tackle us. Like, we have trouble with tight ends. We do. Because they could, they could flex him, and then you may have a safety come down, but we're playing off man at like five or six yards, which I really don't like. I feel like it's no man's land. He has the speed to where he could just run through. He could flip it through your leverage and just show his numbers. Very good catch radius. Tonga Valoa is accurate, but you can fool Tonga Valoa with an extra help defender showing late. Because Tonga Valoa could sometimes predetermine if you're showing two safeties up, I got the middle of the field. Once he cleared his linebacker, I'm going to throw it. What happens if you show two safety, you bounce, bounce, bounce on the hash, and then you just take off right to that robber window, and he's running that bend. You tell the backer, hey, man, just confront him a little bit because if you confront him, he's going to think up they zone because he's just, he just trying to reroute him, and then one of the safeties could come downhill. But that backside corner got to understand, maintain that inside leverage. Cause I'm leaving. So that, you know, we got to be sound up front. We got to get some pressure. If you confront a ball carrier, you got to make sound contact and guys got to be around the football. We can't allow them to be successful on third down. One thing I feel like we didn't do in the very um, important points of the game meaning the last two drives after uh, the delay, we weren't good on third downs. Whether it was a ticky-tack, hands to the face, got to keep your hands down. We can't have no hands to the face penalties. You got to understand what coverage is called. You got to execute that coverage. This game, we can't have no defensive guys pointing at themselves saying, my bad. Do what you told and trust the scheme. If you do it, do what's called and you execute it and they win, then we know – they know as a staff, schematically, it ain't going to work. But one thing a, a, a coach, a coordinator really dislike that can really get you in a doghouse is that they have something called and it would have really worked and you did your own thing that comes down to you. And now they got to make a decision. Do they stay with a guy who they feel like earned a position or do they have to pull you and put your backup in. And the backup may do what he's told. And he may not be as good as you, but he's doing what he's told. He's executing what's called. At this point, we can't have blown assignments. You really got to lock in and do what's, what you're called to do. If they out-athlete you, they out-athlete you. But blown coverages, blown assignments, blocking assignments... That's, that's not acceptable. We're not good enough. Like, we're at a point to where we got to win those little inches. You're at the point to where you're losing a lot. You know, what I lost, like, what, five straight? You're not going to get calls. You're not, the football guards aren't going to give you the 50-50 thing. Like, you got to really get out the mud. And you're going to be on the road in a hostile environment with, with, a, with a team that's coming out with these black unis. They're going to be excited. You got to play football. For four quarters, you got to ride the waves. You really do. Just because you did good one quarter doesn't guarantee that you're going to do good the next quarter. And if they 
put foot in your butt the first quarter, it doesn't mean you can't right the ship and battle back and chip away and still win. Like when are you going to have that sense of pride and understand that no matter what you feel, you're the product. You got to do better. You got to assume the challenge. Because coaches can't play for you. I don't, it don't matter what a fan think about your coach. You still on the field and that film is still rolling. You are still a walking brand. You are. Ain't nobody looking at the film like, oh, man, he only did that because his coach is bad. Nah, you ain't going to keep letting somebody kick your ass because your coach is quote-unquote bad and not good. Nah, bro, you got to ball out. Film don't got context. <laughs> just like stats, people don't present stats with context. They just give you the raw numbers. Hey, we can't run the ball. We're averaging 1.7 yards a run, period. Ain't nobody going to factor in. When Calandra or quarterback gets sacked, that's on a rush. Ain't nobody going to factor in the good runs we did have were negated by our penalties. Ain't nobody going to negate that, yeah, you might have averaged this much, but some of them two-yard runs resulted in first downs or touchdowns. You know what I'm saying? Nobody's going to say that. This is going to give you the whole numbers. There is no context. And, and you know, look, man. You, we you, we got to write the ship because people saying y'all ain't going to win a damn game. Sooner or later, you got to get pissed off of greatness. Sooner or later, you got to have some pride. Like what we saw coming out of that rain delay, that was terrible. And I don't know what went down as far as coach saying, oh, got, you know, got to keep guys off the phone. And I know what was written. And, you know, as a former player, you're going to be defensive of, of the program. So it's like, it's like you say, oh, man, can't, ain't no way. Like, as a former player, you're like, ain't no way in the world somebody could be on no damn phone. Like, I couldn't imagine pulling my damn phone. Like, even when I was playing arena league and cell phones were around, man, I wasn't pulling my damn phone out. Now, if it's true that y'all was pulling your phone out, because I don't like, from who I talk to, like, no, nah, we ain't on our phone. Man, if any of you jokers was lying and y'all was on y'all phone, man, listen, let me tell you something. Let me tell you something. You got to be the most I'm addicted to a subtle device person I've seen in my life, if that's true. Real talk. Why the hell are you on your phone if that's true? Because I went to bat and I was like, man, hell no. Because I'm, t- I'm as a player, I'm like, ain't no damn way. And the guys I talked to was like, nah, I don't know that. What about on their phone? And some people try to say Tony was passing the buck. Hey, Coach Elliott. Real talk from the old ball coach. Christ, don't tell him, don't, don't talk anymore. You're giving bulletin board material. Don't say anything. <laughs> you don't have to talk that much. You don't. <laughs> Do like I did. Just say, uh, yeah, I don't know about that. That's it. But you're out here, you're just being too thoughtful and too transparent. They're going to use it against you. Christ. I'm just being honest, coach. Like, Hey man, you gotta chill. You see, like you may not see it. I see it. Everything you say, <laughs> even the AD or whoever he was, was that the AD from Tennessee? Oh my God, we didn't offer you your job. You gotta stop saying that like you turned us down, bro. He won't say he turned your job down. He was just like, ah, that won't for me. No different than what Dex did when he came here. It won't like Dex turned the job down. Dex just said it was. It just ain't good timing. 
He didn't say he got offered and turned it down. He just said, hey, man, through the process, I just realized this ain't for me. It's just like with the cell phones. If you say, oh, man, we had to keep the kids off the cell phone. I interpret like, yeah, that is. That is difficult today and with today's um, young men and women. I coach track. Give, give kids a break. They want to pick their phone. I'm like, yo, put your phone out. What you doing? Take a break. Not sit and see what's going on, on social media. But if you if you want to be transparent and say, yeah, you know, you just got to make sure you keep them engaged. 70 minutes is a long time. I ain't saying nothing. Hey, look, man. I'm saying that because I seen the backlash. <laughs> like, I'm lying. <laughs> I'm saying, hey, I wouldn't say nothing like that. Man, I thought I see some people going to interpret the way they want to interpret. Yeah, Petty Hart really want me to talk about what happened today on Twitter, but I ain't going to do it, man. I wish, I wish to do nothing but the best. Um, yeah, that's just what it is. I don't got no ill will against nobody in this business. I want to see everybody win. Um, if my style of accountability can turn some folks off, it is what it is. I've I've seen people say things about me on different on various message boards, and that's their opinion. And yeah, you're gonna speak up on your behalf, but I ain't gonna wish no ill will on nobody, bro. That's just not me. That ain't me. I feel like you don't get nowhere in life if you truly try to take away from the way somebody's earning a living. And if that's if that's if their style isn't something that I like, I'm not going to just say, oh, man, you need to get rid of them. Ain't no place for them. I'm just like, yo, that's just not me. But that don't make me want to, you know, eliminate somebody. So. Yeah, man, that's all I'm going to say about what, what took place on Twitter today. And it is what it is, bro. It is what it is. Hey, can I get defensive for the program? Absolutely, bro. Blood, sweat, and tears for this university. I ain't compromised media, though. See, this petty hall coming out. I'd be damned somebody say I'm compromised. Oh, I didn't, I didn't win at folks. Like, what the hell are we doing? But I also learned that as people say you play the advocate, like the other side of the coin, but I want to be reasonable in how I critique. Those coaches, I could tell the coaches like, man, what are you thinking right here? Like, yeah, uh, I don't know. I don't know if I would have did that. But then again, I ain't no damn OC. I ain't no DC. And I don't want to be one. I love watching film. I love hitting stop when I want to hit stop. And staying at home. I don't want that life. Shout out to Anthony Poindexter. It was because of him that I ain't getting into coaching. Y'all know my story. I had talked to Mike London when he was at Richmond. When I was still playing arena football and I asked to be a graduate assistant, he was like, come on. He was willing to give me that opportunity. Never forget that. And then Poindex was like, nah, man, you don't want that life. You're still playing professional football in the arena football league. When you going to have an a offseason? Your wife ain't going to like that. Why don't you just, like, you could talk. You do good at talking. You know football. Get into the media. And that's that's what birthed me being here. And then, you know, going on Jerry Miller and going on Best Seat in the House. Y'all know that. Blah, blah, blah. So that's what it is, man. Um, my keys to the game do what's working for you if you're UVA if you become pass happy you just become pass happy I know you want to play complimentary football coach but you got to go with what's working now as a fan if we become pass happy you can't get mad if you see we getting stuffed in a run you, y'all can't y'all can't have it both ways Re- y'all really got to stop trying to have it both ways you really do you really do y'all move the goalpost so much that's what irritates me stand on what you stand on 
So if we start out early, whether it's Tony Musket or it's Anthony Calandria, and we're being successful throwing the football and we're getting chunk yards or we're getting first downs, even if we start getting pressured, we got to come up with, with different pass pros to get us out. I do, I do hope that we utilize the short passing game, whether it's mesh concepts, whether it's overloading, whether it's flooding, whether it's uh, sprint outs, whether it's bootlegs, whether it's smoke screens, whether it's uh, um, jail breaks, even uh, running back screens, like keeping them off balance of their eyes because they're going to do that to our defense. <laughs> They're going to run receiver screens. They're going to go over motion and run swing routes to the back. They're going to run jail breaks. They're going to run slip screens to the running backs. Then they're going to run some inside zones, some bellies, some some uh, off tackles. Then they're going to play action. You're going to take a shot. They're going to attack the middle of the field. They're going to attack the short side of the field. They're going to try to ISO you. Like One thing about this Maryland offense, bro, they attack. If this was basketball, you would call them three-level scores. They are three-level offense. They can attack every level. And they're going to try to. They're going to run the ball, run the ball, run the ball, boom. Quick throw, quick throw, quick throw, boom. Middle field, middle field, boom. Then we're going to go to the outside, middle, intermediate, boom. And then we'll hit you with a double move, shot. Shot, 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 shot. Then we'll go back to running the ball, running the ball, running the ball, boom. We're going to run off tackle, run up quarterback. Design run like, you're going to see during the game, and they motions, and just how it's, 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 I ain't gonna lie, it's dope. <laughs> it was fun to watch film on them, man. Their offense. It was, it was fun watching their offense. I was just like, damn, they put a lot of pressure on your defense to play in space. You have to win one on one matchups. They, hey, young men on my defense, you're gonna have to win one on one, baby. Oh, the one-on-one matchups, 11 on 11. One, it's like 11 single matchups. You got to win them because they're going to put some pressure on you. They're going to they're gonna try to isolate somebody. If they find a mark, they're going to try to isolate and get you on the island. And you got to win it more than they do because they're going to space us out. They're going to have these splits with, they, with their receivers. It's going to be so much space, and they're going to want you to tackle in space. And I feel like our offense could do the same thing. And if you feel like you can't protect, you got to move the quarterback. You got to create that movement. So that's what I got for y'all, man. Sorry if this one was a little long-winded, but I feel like I got right to it. I feel like I gave you guys a lot of tools. I feel like if you're a Maryland fan, um, you can concur with some things. You can also disagree with some things. I don't think I, I badmouth y'all at all. Um a lot of respect for y'all program, your coaching staff, the players that you have, the way you guys recruited. Definitely good-looking ball club. Definitely think you guys could be successful in your conference, but we got to get this dub, man. We got to get this win. <laughs> it's still, still, it's still Merlin versus UVA, and I'm like, I'm like, I'm like Papa Ball versus y'all. Never lost playing. <laughs> never lost versus Merlin. Never lost, but this ain't about me. But never lost. Got to throw that in there. Shout out to my dog Guru from Twitter. Never lost. But uh, yeah, man, um, it's gonna be an uphill battle to win this game. I think they like a fourteen point favorite or something. That's that's pretty pretty accurate. It is. But I better guess that because my hooves, I think, gonna get this upset. Well, I'm speaking with my heart. Analytically, I think it'll be difficult 
difficult for us to beat them just because of defensively we haven't been able to get off the football field. And they present the same problems that Tennessee presented. Now, even though we did well versus Tennessee in the first quarter slash first half, notice our offense didn't really come alive until the third quarter when we really came alive. If we could get that, some of that, like we can't, we can't get into a hole versus Maryland. We can't. But let me stop, man. We're almost an hour in. Appreciate everybody that that uh, tuned in. Make sure you subscribe to the podcast while you listen to it on Believe Network. Make sure you uh, tap in, bookmark, believe.com, the Ball Hawk Show. Um, if you listen to an Apple podcast, subscribe, leave a comment, leave the stars. Spotify, the same thing. If you liked it, hit the poll and why you like this podcast. Um, follow me on Twitter at I am Ball Hawk. Instagram, same thing at I am Ball Hawk. And also TikTok at I am Ball Hawk. Be on the lookout for my um, Red Diamond Coffee and Tea Keys to the Game video that will be released the day of the game on Friday via Twitter and also on Facebook. So you go to um, Virginia Cavaliers, the fan page. It's uploaded there as well. Then I'll upload it to my personal social media sites as well, my Facebook. Um, So be on the lookout for that, man. Salute to everybody. Appreciate y'all. And now it's the Ballhawk Show. Good as the enemy are great. Be great in everything that you do. Never let nobody tell you you can't do what you set your mind not to do. Peace. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.